Hello and welcome to More Like Guidelines, an actual play game design podcast. I am your host and usually game leader, Jessica Crimes, she, her, and I am joined today by, well, from our normal cast, we have Ben. Say hello, Ben. Hey, I'm Ben. And Ben's pronouns are he, him. And we are joined by very, very special guests. Well, if you'd like to introduce yourselves. Hello, uh, I'm Tommy, he, him, uh, from from a musical comedy act, Jollyboat, along with my brother here. Hi, I'm Ed, uh, he, him, also from the musical comedy Jollyboat, yeah. uh, along with my brother here. Well, I'm not going to introduce myself <laughs> again, because then we'd never end. I didn't think we'd get recursive so early. <laughs> yeah. oh, absolutely. So, it's very nice yeah. to be here. Thank you for having us. Oh, no, thank you for joining us. Um, so this is the first of our monthly special guest episodes. We're going to have different special guests each month. This is where we try to create as much of a one-page TTRPG as possible within one hour. I have been advised by other people working in this industry that this is a implausible, irresponsible, and reckless task. Ooh. But that has never stopped me before. So, yeah, first things first. Ed and Tommy, would you be able to tell us a little bit about Jolly Boat and what it is you do? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, we we write and perform comedy songs mostly. Um, pre-pandemic, like we're travelling up and down the country, and we we ran our own fan convention. We did all sorts of things. We go to Edinburgh Fringe every year. It's true. Um, whereas in twenty twenty, we've just kind of kicked back, done a few shows online, and uh, been designing board games as a bit of a side hobby. Yeah, it's oh, been cool. a, it's been a nice chance to have a little break and work on the old game design dream. And yeah. here we are, living it. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that you are mainstays of the modern Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, you've been there quite a few years on a row now, haven't you? Ten years, yeah. Ten, Ten years. years. Damn. Yeah. It's oh, quite wow. good to have a year off in a way. It's <laughs> quite nice to have a break, yeah. We're, yeah, we're, we've become like one of the largest... Uh, free entry shows. There's like a lot of shows that do free entry and then donation on the way out, and uh, we we've done that the whole time because uh, we think it's a much nicer model for getting everyone included. Yeah, yeah, and well, that certainly helps you build up a community. I Absolutely. am missing the fringe now, though. Mm, oh, yeah, yeah, aren't we all highlight of our year? Uh, but then this podcast can be the highlight instead. It's true. We oh, will yeah. do our best. So the way that this works is we have been sent in by our listeners a list of titles for games that don't exist yet. I have sent three of them over to Ed and Tommy to choose from, and we're going to make one of these games. So we have How to Train Your Elder God, Death <laughs> Shepherds, and High Seas Disco. Are any of these jumping out at you? Like, we, we kind of love them all too much to choose. Oh. Yeah, it's a pretty strong selection. Um, I'm... I'm- I'm quite a fan of Death Shepherds. Yeah, I think Death Shepherds is the one that I want to be published as a game because it's a really cool sort of idea. It is. So we've been given a little bit more information on how this is being envisioned. Um, We've been sent in that Death Shepherds is a game in which players must guide the recently departed to their afterlives. And... Let's see, this was sent in by Pleasant Misery on Twitter. (laughs) Such an appropriate name. (laughs) For this game, yeah. Uh, We've been told they imagine this as a humorous game with dirty-like beings attempting to get the souls where they need to go, but it's like herding cats. I really like that. Oh my god, yeah, and also appropriate, right? The afterlife cats. Oh, true. Oh, yes. Excellent. So, 
Are we going to go with Death Shepherds? We do. Yeah, want well, look, we've yeah. got an hour. Let's just do it. Uh, yeah, oh, totally. <laughs> the timer has started. So the way this works, we're going to be going through in sections. We have the theme, the core mechanic, the wider rules, scenario generation, and then, with a question mark next to it, cool stuff. Cool stuff. Let's start with the theme. We have had it kind of laid out here that it's a humorous take on a fairly serious gothic scenario. <laughs> the guide through the afterlife, yeah. So are these, are the characters that the players play, are they um, like, almost like death? Do they arrive as someone expires and collect the soul and guide them? I like to think it's kind of like, like Charon, Charon? The Greek guy. Yeah, the, the guy the, on the boat. The, yes. the guy on the boat, there we go. Yeah. Boat dude. Yeah. So oh, the yeah. souls work work their way to the afterlife and then have to be gotten in. Yeah, yeah. I think there's going to be passports involved. Yeah. Okay. And That's a lot of paperwork. Yeah, okay. Using bureaucracy to the afterlife. Yes, <laughs> massive yeah, amount of bureaucracy. Okay. Now, what I'm wondering, obviously, this is probably going to be a game for multiple players sat around a table. Are they going to be working together, or are they going to be competing? I think it will be interesting to introduce an element here where the players are working together, but one of them can win. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Ben, do you have any thoughts about it? You know, my first idea with the passport was that they sort of be trying to sabotage each other, like, sort of somehow convince someone in charge that the other person isn't allowed to be in. It could be a social game. Mm. Hmm. So, so trying like to... Does everyone... Everyone playing a deity, right? And do they have someone they're trying to get into the or afterlife? Or like a sort of afterlife guide, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like, try to get your mate into the club. Yes. Mm, yeah, okay. I like that. I like that. Okay. So so all these kind of souls come up, but there's some... Maybe, maybe you could have, like, a little card, like, in those sort of social deduction games. Like, a secret, you know, mission. Where, yeah. Where one of, the, one of the people, you've got a bit of an invested interest in getting them in there. I like the idea that this person has been maybe worshipping you during their life, and so you like you want your followers to be oh, rewarded, okay. yeah. so Ooh. you were going to get them into the afterlife, right? Oh, in which case, one of you's like Anubis, one's the Grim Reaper, yes. you're all from different, like, um, what do you call it, traditions, religions. That's really interesting, because we could have it there where each player doesn't know which category the other players are trying to get into the afterlife, if that makes yes. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So kind the souls come up and maybe one of you knows that you're aiming to get that one. Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't explain do like that. that. <laughs> okay. I'm thinking this might be the kind of game where having the souls be based on the categories of um, a deck of cards might help. So someone has a vested interest in getting odd numbers or the diamonds in, something like that. That's nice. And it could represent maybe traits, like you really want to get kind people in, someone else wants yeah, to get successful yeah. people in. I think it's it's a it's a narrative game, right? So we want to make sure that the those card traits um are are painting pictures of people. Yeah, okay. So yeah. for the theme section, currently we have it's humorous, there's bureaucracy, it's a social game, and it is are we saying semi competitive or fully competitive? Hmm. Um, I think fully, to be honest. Okay. I'm not really sure of the difference. Take the technical definitions. Of... Oh, 
Well, I think the problem with making a, a competitive game is that uh, it's much harder to make a good one in an hour. Whereas if you make a collaborative <laughs> storytelling game, we might succeed. That's okay. true. That does make sense. Yeah. All right. It's a it's a light light hearted story RPG. Like maybe maybe for some reason there's one soul and you've all got to guide them. They were uh, I don't know. An all of the above worshipper, yeah. Like I don't know, some kind of super holy person has died, but they they're completely unable to fight off the demons of the underworld and so on. So you decided to combine your powers to get them through. I don't know. I'm oh, just dead, yeah. dead, I'm lemmings. dead lemmings. <laughs> dead lemmings. Yes, like, like right. video game lemmings. So so you got these little souls like just walking into traps. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a difficult one to translate into a role-playing game or yeah, a game to play around a table, but I think we can do it. It's just going to be a matter of how. Well, if it is Dead Lemmings, then what you'd be trying to do is just clear a path from the entrance to the underworld to 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 the exit, as it were. Okay, yeah. Because is it the Egyptian afterlife where, at least my understanding of it... Yeah, you've got to essentially go through a gauntlet. Oh, that's cool. Right, sure, yeah. You've got to pass a desert and go under a dark tunnel in a mountain and then through snow. Yeah, and we we know from the brief, right, that we're the, the players are deities guiding people in the afterlife. So let's, sti- yeah. let's stick with that. And uh, yeah, to give us a nice clear thing then, people have died. There is a stream of lemming-like pe- souls <laughs> trying to find their way to the afterlife. Yep. And the players are making sure they can overcome the obstacles in their way. And there's like demons and like yeah. traps set up by demons, all sorts. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's a nice, that's a clear idea. Let's Love go it. with that. So that takes us on to the core mechanic section of the game building process. And the first thing that's making me ask myself, is this in any way... Um, asymmetric do we have um i tend to use the term game leader instead of game master because a lot of the games i make are very narrative do we have someone running the game or are all the players on equal footing i think for something like this where we've got traps and things you try to sneak past hazards it makes sense for there to be uh yeah game master game leader yeah yeah yeah, uh, that does make sense yeah or alternatively each player also supplies one trial Oh, that's interesting. That's that comes from their their character's mythology. <laughs> that's cool. So they oh. kind of GM that section. So they they kind of automatically are fine on that section. They GM that that little gauntlet. I like that's, that. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So then it's like a rotating GM kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just give it a go. Yeah, I think that's good. I'd have a crack at that. Yeah. And so then you've got essentially the 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 core mechanic, right? Must be about. Uh, resolving the question, the narrative question is, do the souls manage to get past the obstacle, and how many souls are lost in the process? Yeah, so you've just got like a hundred souls <laughs> whittled down. <laughs> yeah, As so people it, just fall into limbo and oblivion. It becomes very impersonal, you're dealing with fairly big numbers. Yeah. It, I <clears> quite <throat> like the idea, if you're dealing with like, let's say you've got a hundred, right? And yeah. as they get whittled down... In some way, you learn more about them until yeah. there's only like Sue and and Megan left, and, yeah, and you've got to get them. So through. maybe for each challenge, you name a few of the dead 
and why it would be really tragic if they get lost into oblivion. Mm, that's nice. And so you Some just sort of, of build up. Yeah, go on. No, yeah, so at first I was going to take that along the lines of a way of bringing some back that you've lost, but having it instead be zooming in on some of them. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Just okay. to make it really tragic when they do get lost. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, build up the pay for some and smash them down. Well, it's the stakes of the conflict, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I'm quite liking the idea still of bringing, essentially, a deck of cards into this as a pre-built horde of believers. Oh, Because that yeah. way we've got a lot of variation I like off it. the bat. Yeah, and if you have 52, so you've got 52 souls you're trying to get to the underworld, and you can then write on them and stuff, right? Okay, and if thematically, you someone, you can... can we use tarot? Because I feel... Yes, and you got you get more cards that way anyway. I was about to say you can cut the cards up and burn them, which you won't want to do with a tarot desk, because you would definitely get cursed. <sighs> that's true. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, like, that is... that, that's a marketing pitch, right? <laughs> <laughs> the game where you definitely curse yourself. Oh my god, that's actually a really <laughs> strong pitch. <laughs> So, do we want to go for playability or, or <laughs> cult street cred? Uh, cult street cred, obviously. How oh, is yeah. that a question? No one will ever play it, but everyone will pretend they have. You know what I'll do? <laughs> I'll put some. I'll put some printouts of a, a tarot deck on the Patreon website. I'll, I'll I'll put something together. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. You know, because I, I really like right that the whole like the legacy game thing that came out of the taboo mm. of destroying cards. Mm. The idea that you take that a step further by doing it with something that's like... Actually a bit sacred. A little scary. bit sacred, yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. scary to cut up a tarot deck. Like, that feels wrong. Yeah. Also, quite expensive. Yeah, well, yeah, well, it's yeah. true. That too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, you can get them on Wish these If days. we can work a Ouija board into this somehow... I think we should, but I can't. I can't see it yet. Maybe, maybe each letter is. I, I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm so hot for destroying a tarot deck. I think that's I'm really, cool. really up for this. <laughs> this brings me to the question then of what about the major arcana? That's because for fun ones, isn't it? That's, well, maybe that, they're that's the, the ones player you know. characters. Yeah, yeah. Because for the minor arcana is just like a deck of cards, really, isn't it? You can use the Major Arcana to describe the player characters, right? And be like, you, you're as a god, you are the Wheel of Fortune. There we go. So oh. you draw a major card and then characterise it into your thing. Yeah. Like, that's oh man. The Hanged Man would be like the Drowned oh, God from Game of Thrones so cool. or something. Oh, I really want to play this game. <laughs> I think yeah. we're going to make our millions, guys. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm giving this game away for free. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. Okay. I'm still coming up short on how the game works. I feel like if we can build one central mm-hmm. concrete rule and spread out from there, then we're going to be okay. Uh, ben, let's check in with you. Do you have any thoughts about actually putting some game in this game? I am so lost, but I love like the idea and the themes. I don't understand how it's actually going to be played. And you know when you said you have a group of, uh, of, of lemmings? Yeah. I don't understand how you would calculate how many die, or how. I don't, Neither I'm, do we. I'm way out of my depth <laughs> here, but I'm loving what I'm hearing. I think you're hitting it there, Ben. That's what this core mechanic is lacking. <laughs> lacking, yeah. The core mechanic needs to m- solve that problem. But the whole concept, well, I love. So yeah. I have a deck of regular cards on my desk, as always, that can substitute for the tarot for now. Yes. Yeah. So a physical prop for me to try and work through. For us to try and work through this. 
So I'm imagining that you're going through them and drawing minor arcana, like your four of cups, your nine of mm-hmm. swords, I think. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Until you get to one of the major arcana. And then mm-hmm. those are your souls. Those minor arcana are your souls for this first leg of the game. But that way, the major arcana would need to be evenly dispersed in the deck, which is a headache. So how about... If if we deal out the minor arcana as souls to all the players, and then yes. for each challenge they bet a number of souls that they're gonna like, it would need some pretty concrete rules to know how much you have so past that challenge. If yeah. one of the players is games mastering, right, and they're setting a challenge and be yeah. like, and also that's based on their major arcana character, which is yes. cool, right? Like that. So the hangman is like, you've entered a field of the dead hanging from trees ah. and all your souls are scared and you've got to guide them through. So then if you each bet a number that you will be the person who can persuade the GM that your God's power is appropriate for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, like and then if you, the GM decides who wins effectively, just in a classic round robin, you know, like Cards Against Humanity mm-hmm. or something. Snake and that person gets to then in inverted commas, bank their souls as having made it, and the others mm. get burned in a fire in the middle of the table. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 firstly, I'm 100% on board with the idea of destroying tower cards. This is brilliant. So what I'm thinking is, yeah, we start off by separating the minor and the major into two separate piles. Everyone gets some of the minor, and then when we get to a trial, we draw one of the major arcana, and whoever, whichever player's turn it is to be gatekeeper uses that major arcana as the basis of the trial for the part of the underworld that they're trying to get through. Cool. Uh-huh. And then I think you just, yeah, like you were saying, you try and convince them that it's your... What's domain. What, domain, yes, that it's your domain that gets them through. Okay. This yeah. sounds like a game. <clears throat> I, I love it. All right. I think, depending on the major arcana, you have to do something different to destroy the souls. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. Just because I want to make this feel blasphemous. I like the idea of like burning the cards, tearing them up, having. It I also things. I like the idea of taking one of the minor arcana that's going to like be lost to limbo, mm-hmm. looking yeah. at the card, and then possibly tarot reading it to tell a tiny story about the person and how they died. So oh. you know the. Ten of Swords is that's the one that's like all the swords stabbed in the person. It's like despair and things, right? So mm. you could be like, this person was deeply depressed, and you know, uh, trigger yeah, warning, yeah, yeah. and and uh, and then you tell that story and then cast that soul into oblivion. Could we tie that yeah. into the? Uh, I'm oh, anyone who knows about the Ar- the Arcana listening to this is gonna hate me for my lack of technical terms, but the the face cards, the the. It's a page, a knight, a queen, and a king. Yes. Could it be that when one of those is discarded, you just give it this detail and you go into more about, oh, well, it's a real shame that that person's Yeah, that's nice. Because you're a limited set. That's nice. Yeah. 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 And hey, maybe if they get through, they're worth more. Also, they they very clearly represent um, people. Like all the readings are like, this could represent someone in your life who... Mm comes in bearing love in a forward way, whereas the other cards off the a lot of the other minor arcana don't mm-hmm. always mean a person so 
clearly, sure. yeah. you know, like whereas most readings of you the mean, face if cards... If you look them up in the book or yeah, whatever. we'll yeah, give yeah. you a type of person. Yeah. Mm. Great. Uh, just to say to the audience, if you are really invested in tarot cards and think what we are doing is awful, feel free to let us know by leaving a message on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> don't care what you say if it's there. That's Okay, so we have very much nailed down the core mechanic there. We have three more sections to turn our gaze upon. We have cool stuff, rules, and scenario generation. Where do we want to take this now? Ben, what are you feeling? Hmm, what scenario? Um, sorry, what was that again? Scenario generation would be, in most games, it would be saying, this is how you come up with the problem. So, so sen- right. scenario generation for us right now, I think, would be talking about the major arcana and the perils they represent. And these are tarot cards, yes? These are tarot cards. You know, I'm not so clear on the major minor thing. So the tarot deck, and again, for any listeners who aren't so familiar, a tarot deck is split into the major and minor arcana. Uh, Basically, when you think of a tarot card and someone says it's the wheel, it's the devil, it's the tower, those are the major ones. They're the ones with typically the heavier significance for them in a reading. And then the minor arcana are a lot more similar to what you think of when you think of a deck of cards. You've got four suits and you've got um, ace through king in each of those suits. But there's one extra one because you've got one more. Does that make sense? All right. So would scenario generation be like related to how those people... Let's look at it this way. Let's say that there is a huge eternal expanse of the blasted underworld before you. The section you are currently in is the section associated with justice. Justice is a reminder that, I'm reading from a site, karma Mm. is real and there are consequences for your actions. What does this underworld trial look like? So that would be scenario generation? Yeah. Damn. Look look at that now. Cool. Great. I mean, we've, we've kind of already floated the idea that players take it in turns to sort of do their scenario, right? Yeah they're part of, which is a really nice starting point. All right. And, yeah, some of these are going to be a lot easier to work with than others. So, obviously, with the sun, what would the what would the trial of the sun look like? Holy shit. Oh, okay, you're asking, you're asking genuinely, yeah. Oh, no, I'm genuinely asking. Yeah, I see. <laughs> I, I mean, talked in circles and got lost. I'm I so I'm seeing a like a baking desert that must yeah. be crossed under a beating sun. Yeah. And then we would go into why your god's domain is appropriate for dealing with this particular. And each of our gods would be one of the major arcana, so throw us a god each. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll describe who our god is as we would have done in the character creation and then how we would deal with the baking desert. Let's do it. <clears throat> would our god also be based on the major arcana? Uh, Each player would... could draw one major arcana at the start of the game and base a god off it. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Is you you base oh. your god and your part of the scenario on the same card. So, but the scenario part could not be from the same card. It, no, it could be way... a different card. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, because I was thinking when you get to the start of the next scenario, yeah, you are a major and see what Right, I see. Yeah, yeah. That's good too. So let's say that we had the god of the sun. That is, yeah. Yeah, then you'd sort of characterise that however you want. You might be some sort of burning kind of Marvel superhero type character or possibly just a bit of a Grim Reaper in a cloak, but like ashy and hot. Yeah, Um, right. Do we um, do we have time? Could you could you Jess give us each a uh, a major arcana? We invent a death god from it. That is exactly what I was about to do when I great, finally great. got past the paywall. All right. Um, in that case, let's start with uh, Tommy. Why don't you give me a death god of Wheel of Fortune? Brilliant. Hmm. So this is a kind of dice man like character. Um, oh, cool. So possibly in the Papa Legba kind of tradition of like the grinning skull, the top hat, like playing with cards, a gambler. Um, And and his kind of followers embrace randomness in their life. And when you get to the underworld, like he'll roll a dice or like draw a card to see if it's even worth saving you. (laughs) It's just pure like random gambler, like... Yeah. I like the idea that he's a god of hubris, you know, like Wheel of Fortune, what goes up must come down. Like, oh, yeah, nice. Um, but it's kind of, yeah, you're just sort of throwing yourself, you're throwing your lot in with, like, whatever whatever happens, like, yeah. Okay, in that case, whoever would like to go next, let's say, uh, yeah, Ed? Yep. Do you want to give me the god of, let's go with the tower Oh, cool. So, okay. So the tower is the really bad card in the tower, right? And its uh, its picture is um, lightning striking a tower. And I think one of its connotations is the thing that was protecting you becomes the dangerous thing. Because the fact that you're in the tower means that you get hit by the lightning. Great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the god of the tower um, is a, uh, a god of, of paranoia. And like over over protecting of everything, uh, a god of of people who don't live their life because they just lock themselves behind safety measure after safety measure and cut everything down. Um, and so this is a a god whose ability is in uh, negating chance and making everything defined and definite and protecting everyone from any possible circumstance. Sort of anxious and fearful. Yeah, the, and the god of anxiety. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Ben, would you like to tell me a little bit about what a death god of the sun would be like? Or just a god of the sun would be like? The sun is associated with vitality and optimism. (laughs) That's ironic. (laughs) So the sun is like health, right? Yeah. Well, happiness. I guess sort of (laughs) tranquility. You know, you wait to get the tan. It looks beautiful. Uh, Vitamin D. It's all about sort of... A sort of tranquil waiting, I guess. So not really, nothing to that pushes over onto other people. I, I don't know. I got, got a retirement. Of, I got a <laughs> retirement and sun, <laughs> sea, really seaside, nice. and uh, I don't know. I like right. I like imagining that God is like um, an elderly tourist who's very like. I was imagining oh. like the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, yeah. me yeah. too. Yeah, that's exactly what I was picturing. Kindly. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, a kindly god who's like, well, you've had your time, but it's time for the big holiday now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and god. you're okay with it. 
Like, it's chill. Yeah, it's a happy I mean, time. Yeah. With maybe an want... extra sort of travel guide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Would anyone like to give me one to take a stab at? Mm, absolutely. Um, I mean, let's just think of one. Because yeah. if you do the devil... The devil. Okay, I assume that that is not associated with good things. Apparently here it's restraint and powerlessness. Mm. Okay, so that would be a god associated with a feeling that you were never in control of your life. Almost similar to the tower where everything was always going to go in a very particular way and it was a reassuring kind of sturdiness. The devil would be associated with, let's say, the idea that eh, um, the more nihilistic approach to a lack of free will, where you might as well just cruise along with the ride because you couldn't change it anyway. And so the followers of the devil largely follow the devil because they follow the devil and well, it was always fated to be. They can't change that. They just know that they follow the devil. Cool. In kind Damn. of a, a recursive loop kind of thing. They follow the devil because they follow the devil. Because so they it, have no is, control. Is it almost a god of like um, excess and excited living? That is definitely an angle I could take it in, yeah. So it's a god of... If I'm going to keel over, I'm going to keel over, so I might as well have this Cornish pasty. Yeah. Great. All right. So let's say that we are going through, well, we'll use the sun domain again, even though we have the sun god. What would these gods do about it to help get their followers across? So this is a burning scorching desert, right? Um, I'll start. <clears throat> my, my wheel of fortune god is all about changeability and embracing the random. And yep. most places where there could have been sun, uh, I tend to see clouds in the sky. So so I think just like throwing out that randomness into the world is likely to bring some sort of cloud cover, some sort of rain, some sort of relief. Um, won't definitely happen because nothing ever does. But, <laughs> but there's a good chance of rain. Nice. All right, yeah, that's strong. Uh, the tower... Say- oh, go on. No, please do, please do. Uh, the tower is, uh, with this ang- anxious approach to everything, is like wheeling along uh, a, a trolley that's got like bottles of water stacked on it uh, at odd angles and like ushering followers forward and being like, oh, come on, we need to get out of here. This is a bad place. Come on, you got to move now. Oh, right. uh, so that's the, that's the tower's approach to getting through. Already prepared and just going really prepared, but not okay with it. Yeah, yeah. I'm imagining the devil taking an approach of saying, "It's already set in stone that you're going to make it across the desert. If you lie here and give up, you're just going to be spending longer here before finishing the journey anyway." And so it's building up a kind of very, very sick, unhealthy form of inner strength. <laughs> in the devil's followers of this sucks but it's definitely going to happen and there's nothing I can do about it I just have to keep walking okay in that case how would it might sound like an obvious one but how would the god of the sun get their followers across the sun blasted hellscape well, hopefully by like turning it down a bit 
<laughs> making it go everywhere apart from where the sun's followers are yeah like i don't know some kind of maybe make a make it the donut sun so it's got a when that's not how it works <laughs> some kind of maneuver that prevents the sun from you know causing i that think the sun can do what it wants mm. yeah it's pretty powerful so the three angles that we've got are essentially a god of chance trying well hey who knows maybe there'll be clouds we have the tower just uh, essentially getting on with it, trundling along with this trolley. And yeah, that was um, that kind of inner security and safety in the form of the tower. Yeah? Uh, well, more like severe anxiety, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> well, that concept. yeah. I think that that is... So then the... As that played, then the the son who was Ben would decide which of those wins, and probably we would all have bet a number of a number cards. of our followers, yeah. yeah. And so the winner survives those followers; the losers burn or tear up theirs. Yeah. My question now then would be: Do we decide? No. Do we reveal how many we're betting before we make our pitches? Yes, I think so. Yes. I think it'll add more stakes and tension. Okay. It might, yeah. Or what if you keep you're sort of betting a number based on how strong you think your pitch is going to be, right? And yeah. you don't really want to get backlash from that, like people wanting to see you fail because you were too cocky. Well, I think okay. So if someone was like, "This location is the sun," and then everyone placed their bets, and then everyone reveals their number, oh, and okay. then they describe the sun location, you know, then oh, that gives yeah. you a okay. fun. Oh, okay. And then you so... see the faces drop as people were so confident. <laughs> yeah, you were like, justice. Oh yeah, I've got this covered. Justice is a thing I can do. And then it turns out it's not what you expected. I we can... reveal the tarot card. We reveal the major arcana. Then we bet. And then the player taking charge of this round describes what the trial is. Yeah, yeah. So we're going in that order. That is a really mm. interesting way of doing it that I wouldn't have thought of. I really like that. Cool. Um, that takes us past definitely the core mechanic bit and most of the rules section. I think it is worth diving into a little bit of the detail on the kind of things that each major arcana might be associated with when it comes to destroying a tarot card. Oh, yeah, that is really Oh, yeah, cool. of course. If we do want to take that angle and have them be yeah. in different ways. Some of them are obvious, I feel. Like, the sun, you're probably going to set that on fire. But <laughs> I think we could take it a bit more esoteric with some of them, make it a bit more convoluted. Yeah, I think my, my god of chance might just hide them around your house. But, like, yes. just put them somewhere where mm. you'll never know. And then when you're moving in three years' time, you'll be like, bloody hell. That's where it was. That's really fun if it's oh. um, made up in the game, right? So, the, so the the player is like, because I I thought there'd be like a table, right? Of like, oh, the yeah. fortune means destroy it this way, right? So each player comes up with their own way of doing it, of depriving the person of that card permanently. Yeah, that's way. even cooler. Okay, so what would I how how would our gods destroy some cards then? Um, uh, mine would would chew it up. You'd have to like bite little bits off it and like tear it apart, like anxiously, little bit at a time, like a rat, like a rat. <laughs> like no, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. that's really cool. Like fingernails. Uh, how about Wheel of Fortune? Are you going with the hiding it around the house for that one then? <laughs> uh, Just... Yeah, yeah. I really, yeah. <laughs> but like, really, in 
super unusual, like under a bit of carpet. So it'll be yeah. discovered by the next people in the house. That's so um, cool. Behind a poster, like in, in your bed. Yeah. I do like the angle of it's not the person that the card initially belonged to destroying it, but the person who was doing that gauntlet, that trial. Who was obviously, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. that way you can just really inconvenience people. In which case, it's quite cool if they... Because um, this card destroying thing is so cool. Mm. It'd be quite good to pick the person who is least adapted to your environment. And they and then take that what so okay oh okay slight adaptation everyone bets one card you've got a smaller hand like mm-hmm. a, a minor arcana card for each challenge you're going to face you choose one of them to bet on this and you're going to score it based on how high a number it is and then whichever one loses it doesn't get to score that card and the person destroys it or hides it and this way if you're just betting one card at a time. There's a lot more room for developing who this poor lost soul is. Exactly. True. Yeah. So, then, and if you're destroying, oh, that's that's where I was going with this. When you're mm. destroying one, the one you lose, you say who it is, and then oh, it right. gets destroyed. Nice. And that yeah. way, we don't spend ages describing all these bit part characters who aren't going to come into. You know what I mean? Sure. We just also, describe them before they get burnt. Exactly. <laughs> this way, you don't destroy an entire deck, so you could get maybe a couple of games out of it. Oh, that's a really good point. Oh, yeah. Thought, true. Yeah, you'd destroy like. You'd probably end up destroying four or five cards a game. It would be one per player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ben, the sun. How would the god of the sun destroy a tarot card that is someone's precious memento from a trip to, let's say, Paris? Uh, I would say, like, preheat the oven. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Before you start playing. I mean, you're going to have to. Let's think about it. Bake it. Bake it. Baking tray. Slap it in. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Maybe a little bit of oil, a little basil, a little time. <laughs> microwave if you're in a hurry, yeah. Yeah, they're just guidelines. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. <laughs> hey. uh, for the devil, I've been thinking about this. And since it's associated, this devil god at least, with you're definitely going to end up where you're going to end up, I think it'd be interesting if you just posted your card to someone. Oh, that you knew. Or... Yeah, that you at least kind of know. Not a oh. stranger. <laughs> Just somewhat through someone's door on my way home. <laughs> I mean, I really like that, but receiving a single tarot card and an envelope through your door would be creepy as hell. <laughs> no explanation. Not appropriate. Um, yeah. But yeah. so cool. But you no, see but where I mean, the postmark's from. <laughs> we all have some friends that would be reasonably okay with receiving a single tarot card in the mail from us as long Absolutely. as the name was yeah, on it. Yeah. 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 But if the name was for devil. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, just uh, no. I think yeah. I think Ben, if you received a tarot card from me in the post with no context, you wouldn't freak out, would you? I send a few messages, but no, I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't assume it was a desperate cry for help. What a long-winded way! No, no, no. All right. <laughs> so, uh, just to give us a quick recap of where we are right now. We've got our game name of Death Shepherds. The theme. We seem to have stepped away from the passports and the bureaucracy. I don't know if you want to try and work that back in. It's become uh, much more of a social game. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying the game as it is. Oh, I very much am too. Our core mechanic is drawing tarot cards to represent the dead and then trying to talk their way through the afterlife. Um, how many cards do we reckon that each player is going to have? And how many cards are we expecting on to make it through to the end? If, well, so if we go with the idea Ed just proposed, 
everyone yeah. would have one card per other player, one card per gauntlet that they're going so to So you'd face. have one gauntlet in charge each. Yeah. And, yeah. and then for your, for your cards of followers, you'd have N minus one, uh, like one less than number of players, because you're not going to bet one on your own gauntlet. So there's, this. there's obviously a thing where if, like, you either have to compose each player's deck out of approximately equally valued cards, um, or yeah. accept that the outcome is largely random. Oh yeah, true. Or if you play two rounds each, then the amount of randomness is reduced somewhat uh-huh. over a small set of five. And that's a that I mean that's very much a maybe you pick your cards to add up to whatever the number of players times the average value of a tarot card, <laughs> tarot card is. Yeah, well, they're valued yeah. 1 to 10, aren't they? So, oh, plus Well, three unless we're using faces. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, it gets yeah. very bathsy, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Um, just for context, because, hey, our listeners haven't heard an episode of this format before. Uh, after we finish this recording, I am going to be writing this up and essentially keeping it as pure to what we've discussed here as possible, but tweaking the numbers at least. You know, um, if this was a game with some kind of dice rolling, making sure that the probabilities more or less work, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it might be interesting now under the cool stuff section of my A5 document here to take a look at the kind of characters we might be building as the souls we're trying to guide through the afterlife. Mm. Just um, pull up a few examples, see how it feels to flesh them out. So, so I think I think this will be all about building a vignette of a person, right? Like, what what I imagine being really powerful and cool is if you, in a few sentences, narrate a life. Okay. You know the opening sequence of Up, the Pixar movie? Hmm. (laughs) If you can do that and be like, this is what this person lived for, this is what they were all about, and now they're gone. So I think it's so much darker than I thought it was going to be. That happens whenever I'm involved in things. (laughs) I I think they should have the aim of making it as tragic as possible when they get burnt or hidden or destroyed or whatever. Yeah. So... So yeah, maybe you'd base it on like the value of the card. Might be how old they reached. I've just pulled um, up one here at random. Wow. Uh, the page of wands. It's so it's number ten in the wands. It's the page. The key meanings are um, adventurous, ambitious, energetic, and active, and new beginnings. So I'm going through this in my head, and I'm thinking, okay, well maybe this was some kind of wanderer. New beginnings. They set out. They've got their stick in the icon. Uh, yeah, they were adventurous, ambitious. They were wandering around and they stumbled upon a church to this god and devoted themselves to worshipping them. What are we thinking? Um, yeah, I, I would lean towards just cranking up the why it's so tragic that this person's going to be destroyed. Right, right. So you're like, oh, they had a really hard life. Like, everything went wrong for them until they discovered this new religion, and suddenly it was a new beginning. Their life had purpose, and then they got hit by a train, and now they're here. <laughs> yeah, that is, mine was, I was, my reaction was very similar. I was like, this person uh, lived a really full and beautiful life, and then some terrible tragedy befell them, and they had years where they just wallowed and were sad, but new beginnings were coming, and they were starting again. And then they died. <laughs> but not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Tragic. Okay. 
That's what gets me going. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have been joined by the evil mirror universe version of Jolly Bone. Yeah, you really have. You really have. Our normal reputation is like the fun, happy guys. And now we're like, oh, but this this can be dark. (laughs) No, I could be an orphan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. The suits each have a class associated with them. Artisans, merchants, clergy, and nobility. Mm. That's nice. That gives Where you are the least... peasants in there? Uh, there aren't any, I, it seems. Artisans? Are uh, they peasants? I... No, not really. Craftsmen? Not really. Yeah. They're just not apparently worth appearing in the Minor Arcana. Yeah, I think... Mm. At least having that on the document as, if you're really struggling, here's what each suit is associated with would be nice. Yeah. I mean, you could certainly have a document that gives you a a little lead-in to, like, a person from each one. Yeah, absolutely. Just so people have an example Mm. of the kind of thing that they're trying to make. And equally, for each each major arcana suit card, you could be like, here's some ideas for your god, and here's some ideas for a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can go on the back of the document. Then. Exactly. Yeah. Rules they can be super brief, but yeah. 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 Mm. Just a starting point. Yeah, it's nice. Okay. Sorry, I'm just uh, getting distracted looking at the Manor Arcana and thinking of the kind of stories that we could be telling with them. Mm. So we have the Queen of Cups, who is really going to be quite sad. She's uh, associated with holding a cup, and she's described as a model of virtue and a loving mother. Oh, so I'm thinking Excellent. that yeah, her tragedy is going to be that she has left a village that she was caring for and providing food for after a tragedy. Uh, wow. She had them relying on her. She was providing food. She was providing support and stability, and then she just got killed in a random attack on a road between towns. And now that entire town is going to starve without the Queen of Cups. She was a good woman. Yeah, she was. Yeah, and now she's gone. Uh, so and if she'd made it through to the afterlife, she would have sent back good luck to them to keep the village going. <laughs> ah, that's a really oh. nice way to build it up. <laughs> um, and now I, her cards on fire. <laughs> I, I like that with every one of them, we've told the story, and then we've been like, "And now she's gone." I feel like there should be a ritual phrase that everyone says, like, yes. and "Now, mm. now she is lost to the void" or something. So, like, like, the person narrating it says, "Like, and now they are lost to the void," and everyone repeats, "And, and now, now they, they are lost, lost to the, the void. void." Yes. Oh, that's terrible. And that could also be the title of the game. Oh, it is Death Shepherds, isn't it? We, yeah, oh. uh, we can. We can. We could change. Yeah, we can change the title. I, I don't think Pleasant Misery will mind. Oh yeah. Pleasant misery is almost a good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they've gone to pleasant misery. <laughs> I will say, I wasn't thinking I'd have to put like content note intense sadness on one of the bonus episodes. Yeah. So... <laughs> I, mean, I was expecting something much more sort of bright, upbeat, and funny. <laughs> well, I think that this is worthwhile. This seems like a very, very potentially intense, but. I mean, uh, I want to play it. It sounds yeah. great. Like, Oh, I'm we'll... definitely going to be playing this next time I'm allowed to see someone in person. Yeah, <laughs> the moment our gaming group's back together, this is getting yeah. played. Excellent. Okay. So my thinking then is once someone has made it through one trial, 
does that card go back to your hand or does that can does that card go to a victory pile does it become a point uh yeah to a victory yeah it has to go survived. to a victory trial because if you risk something of low value and then you don't lose it and it goes back to your hand you could just keep playing your two you know okay. so if you're going to risk right, something sure. of high value you have to yeah score it every it. card in your hand gets risked once yeah and then when it's passed like they're basically three yeah god this is tragic <laughs> <laughs> okay and um when you were saying uh, um, a card of high value there, are you thinking of this as each card having a separate value and we just make sure everyone starts with the same number of points? Or is each yeah, card yeah. just worth one? Uh, they're, yeah, they're worth a number or face value. So like that 10 that we had, the 10 mother, would be um, a, worth 10 points at the end. But okay. your your hand, everyone's hand needs to add up to the same. But it's nice if someone could have like a load of low cards and then one or two high ones. So there's a bit of strategy. Oh, yeah, in that. yeah, that's interesting. Or you oh. might go for all mid values and just think, well, I'll get some of them through. I don't think you should necessarily get to choose it. If, if, okay. the, if someone at the start just deals out, you know, five is it's got to add decks. up to roughly the same. Yeah, thing. it does. It does. But you, okay. you deal out a couple and then you just, you know, oh, and then them you up. just top yeah, them yeah. up. Yeah, right. I see. I see. So someone um, prepares packets. Happens. Yeah. Firstly, I did not think we would get nearly as much done as we have in a, still less than an hour. I'm really impressed. <laughs> yeah. We can tell that, uh, well, Jolly Boats have a lot of experience making board and card games and tabletop games. Is my yeah, understanding. do this. Yeah. We've been doing it our whole lives. <laughs> That's fair. Um, what I'm thinking is, it might be interesting, we have 10 minutes left on the clock if we just play a really quick round. Absolutely. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. I'm so um, psyched. I'll tell you what, Ben... How about you be the... Um, okay, I'm, I was going to say Gauntlet Keeper. What are we calling the player who's currently tagged in? That sounds cool. Gauntlet, yeah, Gauntlet Keeper. Keeper? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, ben, you're going to be the Gauntlet Keeper. Okay. I'm going to see if I can find a random tarot card generator. Um, I'm going to give you a major arcana suit, a major arcana card. Hmm. Okay. You're then we are each going to create our gods of death, or we can just use the ones we used previously. What how do you feel, Ed and Tommy? Well let's let's create new ones and then have them also provide their um their challenge. Excellent. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we'll go through who the gods are, what their challenge would be, and then we'll, if we have time, run it through what um, Ben's gods challenge would be. Yeah. Sure, okay. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay, cool. So, from 0 to 13, 14, no, there are a lot more major tarot cards than I thought there were. From 0 to 21, uh, who wants the first one? I'll go first. Yeah, you have number 8, which is strength. Strength, okay. My god is a god of strength. Uh, Mm -hmm. She is a god of... Um, nurturing and growth. She's a, a, a like an an a field goddess. She's a yep. goddess of of the the growing corn and the coming harvest and and the rebirth of human society. That's really cool. Okay, mm. and then do you want to tell us about her gauntlet now? Oh, let's do it when when we get yeah. to my zone. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> that's fine. Give you a sec to think about it. Um, Tommy would like to go next. Let's let's do it. 
Okay, your number is five, which is the Hierophant. The Hierophant, right. It's a messenger from the heavens. I was going to say, I knew what it was once and I've forgotten. (laughs) Um, Okay, so so the the Hierophant um, is, is all about delivery and is essentially a postal worker. Um, in a flying postal van and carries the sort of messages between the the big gods and and humankind. But in this case, uh, just loads people up into the back of this little van and then tootles through the afterlife, (laughs) like Postman Pat. Uber afterlife? Uh, Through the afterlife, but yeah, Uber afterlife. Uber afterlife, That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, Ben, do you want to go next? Sure. You have number 12, which is the Hanged Man. So what is the Hanged Man God up to? That has got associated with making small sacrifices for the greater good. Jeez. I suppose. I don't know. The God of small sacrifices. Is this a guy? I don't understand. Is that good or bad? Like, sacrifices. You tell us. You tell us, just small sacrifices for the greater good. What would a god associated with that or the hanged man be like? I suppose sort of sacrifices like little good deeds, like sacrificing your time. Like a tithe or giving to charity? Yeah. Okay. And so uh, what would they be like hanging out in the afterlife? What would they be looking like to their followers, for example? Pretty... uh... Probably like a really old person who sits in the co-op and like mm. asks for With charity. Yeah, and it's like it's really sad, but they're like doing something good, you know. Oh, I really okay. like that. That's really strong. All right, uh, then I will generate a number. I get number seventeen, which is the star. The star is associated with hope and healing. That makes me think of some kind of healing light, like an X-ray technician. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, X-ray technician god. What's that going to be, Jess? That is going to be... Uh, yeah, very, very clinical. Appears as... Um, always appears as a doctor, but their their age, their gender, their race is different every time you look away and look back. They are very, very clinical. They give very, very firm commandments to their followers. And if someone breaks those commandments, they are quick to essentially lose hope in them and cut that follower loose. They expect obedience, but they provide in a very, very measured, practical, holy points, sin points kind of way, a structure that a lot of lost, wandering souls find very valuable. Mm. All right, we have five minutes left. Shall we describe our gauntlets and then see where we are? Well, should we drop into one gauntlet? Someone's got to suggest okay. a gauntlet, then we've all got to bet, right? In that case, uh, sure. Ben, do you want to tell us? I'll tell you what. Does anyone does anyone have a really strong gauntlet that they want to put forward? I've or got just a fun a... idea. What's the idea? Um, I think Postman Pat's gauntlet would be the sorting oh. office. Ooh. Oh wow! So you enter like a huge hangar full of boxes. Think like Indiana Jones and the the awful one that you wish you'd never watched. Um, <laughs> and never watched any of them. oh well, don't watch the Crystal Skull. <laughs> so 
So it's a huge hangar full of like all the all the boxes and posts. There's little Amazon style robots buzzing left and right. All your souls have been taken from you and put into random cases through this massive, massive place. And you've got to find your souls and rescue them. No. Okay. I already, I think I know how the star would deal with this. And that is the same way that I deal with a lot of problems in my life. It's a clipboard and looking confident. Yes. (laughs) The star has the regulations printed out. Did these regulations exist beforehand? Who knows? But there they are. (laughs) Requisition form 34B, section C, clearly states that when this form is submitted, the postal work, the astral postal workers are obligated to assist with the location and correct filing <laughs> of these wayward souls. <laughs> Brilliant. All right. Um, tell you what, Ben, do you want to go next? I'm struggling to think. So your god of small charities, how would they help their followers in the astral sorting office? Of the damned? <laughs> There's a title. <laughs> okay. Okay, 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 okay. My god somehow has some sort of connection to a lot of people who volunteered. Yes. Mm-hmm. During this pandemic situation. Oh and, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. And then I don't know, somehow they have information from this sort of volunteering service. Or maybe there's lots of people volunteering around the area who just know stuff. Your god just has a cloud of volunteers. A cloud of volunteers and old people. Okay. Yeah, I feel like they would really turn people to their side very easily, right? They'd just go up to them with a shaking a tin can. They might have people on the inside working in this place. Yes. All right. And that brings us to... I'm sorry, I've forgotten who had which strength. card. Strength. Strength is what yes. I had. Uh, strength, she's just straight into it. She's, not, she's a no-nonsense woman. So she's got a crowbar, and she's just <laughs> opening case after case after case. Just brute force it. Here's the thing. It's a slow process, but when her followers find her, they join in. So it's exponential growth. Ooh. Um, and so like finding the first one is going to take a while, but then her speed doubles. Uh, <laughs> and so by the end, all the cases will be opened, and the fields will grow. Extra That's... points for recursion. Yeah. I really like that. That's really smart. I really like this game. Yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. So, wait, that was your challenge. Uh, that was Tommy. my challenge, yeah. So I'm going to, like, weigh them up like the hearts and souls of the damned. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yep, like Anubis at the scales. Um, like, they're all really strong. Um, I think just because I've got a fondness for afterlife bureaucracy, I'm going to go with Star. Yeah, uh, going in with the clipboard and the made-up rules. That was very good. Yeah. yeah, and so I know that one. I was like, I'm probably not very good at this, so I mentally bet like a two or three because oh, I was like, I this didn't... is not. Oh yeah, this we is didn't not... do the. We didn't yeah. do the, but we don't have cards, right? But true. Yeah. So yeah, before we did that, I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to manage this situation very well. So, but I will have scored that three. Mm. No, so, well, you've right. got to decide who's worst. Well, we never quite decided what the rule was. Yeah. See, naturally, to me, it's not very really fun. To picking a worse. winner is more fun. Yeah. And I want to. I want to decide yeah. who had the best idea. Um, well, yeah, picking we have... a loser is a little bit. So maybe then it becomes a much less tragic game, and now Jess gets to pick her card, gets scored, and instead you tell their life story and. Uh, oh, destroy the soul, through. and that's a good thing. 
Three. Now they've left this limbo Two. into the afterlife. One. That's an hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I am not writing anything down more onto this document. Sorry to interrupt you there, but no worries. we are being clinically precise with this. Yeah. We've made Death Shepherds. Death Shepherds is brilliant. Thank you. What was <laughs> the name of Death Shepherds provider? Uh, that was Pleasant uh, Misery pleasant on Twitter. Misery, yeah. Pleasant Misery. Thanks, Pleasant hey, Misery. Thanks, Pleasant Thanks. Misery. I hope you've okay. enjoyed this hour. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, Ed and Tommy, where can people find you and the genuinely cool things that you make? Yeah. <laughs> uh, the best place to find us is our Facebook group, the Jolly Boat Crew, uh, which is a, a really... It, it, it's often praised as being the nice place on the internet. It's a, it's yeah. a community of jokes and kindness. It's a sort of nerdy community of sharing... Sharing just things that make you smile, really, and then people look after each other, and we've got a lot of friendship groups that have formed through it, too. It's the exact opposite of what you'd expect from a Facebook group. It is sincerely friendly. Yeah. yeah. Especially a Facebook group started by pirates. Like, it should have gone so wrong. Yeah. (laughs) And apart from that, you can go to jollyboat.co.uk, where you can... Uh, see what we're doing and see our tour dates. Ha 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 ha! And most um, importantly, we've got a merch store. Yeah, <laughs> you can you can buy t-shirts and look a bit piratey. You can. So yeah, that's uh, Jolly Boat, like Happy Ship or Merry Ferry, and Jolly Boat Crew is the Facebook group. And someday we will be making games, so keep an eye out for that. Absolutely. I will also just say on the Jolly Boat site, embedded there is pirate pop songs, um, a video of one of your. Probably most famous musical numbers, is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah, definitely, so, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's various kind of things people have uploaded on YouTube too. Yeah, um, I didn't we... know whether to mention them. I didn't know if that well, was uh, something that you're okay with. N- no, we're sort of in between, to be honest, but we haven't uh, got around to making anything better yet. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah, when we please do. Please check out Ed and Tommy's work, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, we have now gone with this. What's the opposite of a preamble? With this postamble? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've taken it over an hour. So, yeah, one more time. Thank you very, very much for joining us. Listeners, Ed, Tommy, Ben. Yeah, this has been the first bonus episode of More Like Guidelines. Woo! We still don't have an outro. Uh, bye. Bye! bye.